mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. Man, things are good here, Ray. I'm telling you, we got five people scheduled tomorrow on open house. We're we're well over. Uh, we're 82 people, I think. Uh, man, we're gonna hit 90. You know. All right. Well, I want that on the podcast. So I guess we just started. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty excited here, man. Oh, yeah. We're pretty excited. Speaking of, you see, you see Cincinnati behind me there. Look at that beautiful cityscape. I'm telling you, I took leaving. care of the background today. I couldn't think of anything better for the background. Well, I mean. Maybe a plane departing the background because I guess the audience should know right out of the gate that uh, you are Mr. Adam Mar Adam Martin SSC from Starting Strength Cincinnati, and you are yeah, the first coach from a Starting Strength gym to go on to become a Starting Strength gym owner. Man, imagine that! How uh, you know? Is it? Uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself, Ray. I mean, I think, is this real? Is this really happening? Uh, Man, I, if, if I told you that I were excited, Ray, that uh, oh, that would just grossly understate the way I feel about continuing the journey with starting strength. Uh, All right. Well, let me know I'm how you're feeling when you're in the middle of the real estate hunt, dealing with landlords, in the middle of the build out, dealing with GCs. And then for every moment up until your break even in your first gym. Because <laughs> don't worry, you know, your excitement uh, will be tempered with pain, my friend. I suspect you are correct. I suspect you are correct. Uh you know, we're kind of in the meat of it right now. So uh, uh, it's just kind of a whirlwind, you know, and, and uh, man, it, not only, you know, and myself, but man, Ray, we're, we're, we're growing mm. uh, more people and more people every day are banging on our door saying, Hey, what is starting strength about? The you know? only and, problem uh, though, my friend is that, uh, so, so Adam Martin Luke's works for Luke Schroeder, who's the yeah. president of starting strength gyms. Um, the only problem, Adam, is that John Hahn is just kind of eking you guys out, you know? Um, and he's in a smaller market. So, um, I know Luke's doing well. You guys are feeling good about your progress. I don't want to take any of that away from you, but John Hahn is technically kicking your butt. So I just, you know, I thought You're, I would let you know. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> uh, so listen, uh, John is a worthy competitor, man. I know the crew down there. Well, Scott and Gretchen. Uh, so, so we, uh, we have some, some worthy competitors down there. Uh, uh, man, I'm so excited to, you know, of course at the conference, we talked about, uh, their growth and their successes. And, and, you know, Ray, when I think outside of Cincinnati, you know, I, I think about the clients that we've worked with here. Uh, I've watched people now, now listen to me when I say this and, and you can fully appreciate it, but I have watched people that did could not get off of the toilet unassisted, mm -hmm. not only get to a point in six or seven months where they're getting off of the toilet, but they're squatting 120 mm -hmm. pounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's pretty right. amazing. It's life changing. Yeah. That that is not sold in a pill. You cannot go get a prescription from your your GP to prescribe that to you. The, what we are doing here in our gyms, Ray, is life changing, man. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Well, and and um, the toughest part about my job is trying to tell people about that without sounding like uh, the salesman from daytime TV when you're home sick from school, right? Um, just do an hour long infomercials for all the content. <laughs> it's like, it's well, tough, isn't it? It is because, um, you know, when I was talking to Han the other day from Memphis, he was telling me that uh, had it not been for this gym franchise, the vast majority of people in his gym that are getting stronger and not just going to exercise to feel better, but the majority of people that are going to his gym to get stronger, to do the thing in the gym that makes them better outside of the gym would not be training at all, would not be doing exercise at all. So he's telling me, he says, Ray, not only is this thing that, that we've built better than anything else that's out there, but it's also opening up a whole new market because we're not competing with the other, we're not stealing any members from Orange Theory or F45. These are successful people that are just dealing with the negative side effects of aging that didn't know something like this existed when it's explained to them as just incrementally loading a barbell and getting stronger over time and using your whole body in the process, it becomes you know, quite obvious for people to see the logic. And then when they actually take the plunge and join the gym and see the results for themselves, um, 
they're blown away. They're happy. And it's, it's, you know, and it's satisfying for the owner and it's satisfying for the coaches. Um, and, and again, these are people that, that would just be sedentary otherwise. So yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, but I, I do want to go back to my, uh, my first, I'll be, I'll be serious now. Quit fucking with you, but, um, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, give it a shot. Let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> so you, you, uh, you are the man, you know, um, purple belt in jujitsu, big, strong guy, heart of gold. This guy was a social worker before he joined starting strength gyms, his heart, his motivations are in the right place. Um, and just dedicated and just bought in and the res the results speak for themselves. So Adam, lay out for me how it is that, that you went from social worker to starting strength guy to coach at Cincinnati to SSC to now not just owner of a gym in Atlanta, but the group that you partnered with is going to have you co-owner of five gyms. You guys just purchased five gyms. Now at the time of recording, you guys haven't signed yet, so we can always just it nicks this episode if you don't sign. But, yeah. <laughs> but so, I met I met the ownership group you're working with, man, and they're they're great. They're legit business people with uh, uh, several McAllister Deli franchises. And uh, as far as someone that you could partner with to help you develop as a business owner, um, they seem like the absolute perfect fit. Atlanta has got to be the best market that was left in terms of just you know hits of the website. It's in our top ten, if not our top five, of hits of startingstrength.com. And there's, you know, tons of five gyms is a, is a no brainer down there, right? It's like an LA or a Dallas or something. Um, yeah, man. So, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get in here on this. You said it might be the best market that we had left. Now, hold on, Ray. That might be the best market in the country. Let, let, let's just rephrase that a bit. It could man. be. I, I think uh, DFW is the best market in the country, but then, then you got JD in Houston. JD in Houston is kicking ass and his gym is in such a good spot. I've had two people in the past two weeks that are unaffiliated with starting strength, but know that I'm involved message me and go, Oh, Hey, I just drove by your storefront sign in Houston. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it may be, it may be one of the best period. Um, but if you're, if you're making claims like that, then Carter's hopefully listening to this and <laughs> the more you guys compete, the happier I am. So go for it, man. <laughs> I love it, man. So listen, I encourage uh, all of our future trainees there in Atlanta, shoot Ray a message, tell him, tell him that's the best market in the country, man. Uh, I'm elated to go to, uh, to go to Atlanta. I think uh, it's just a, a super, it's a supermarket. There's a lot going on in Atlanta the population, somewhere around 6 million people in Atlanta. Uh, you know, Ray, it's an injustice not to bring them a gym rather quickly in short order. Uh, these folks need access to a starting strength gym, man. Uh, yeah. you, you know, we, we filled the need here in Cincinnati and, uh, uh, now on to Atlanta and to continue to see, you know, no doubt about it, Ray, in the next, next 40 months, uh, you, you know, I, I'm anxious to look at a map, man. Let's, let's see what, the, see what the, the map looks like. Uh, you, you know, it's just, it's just phenomenal. It's, we're spreading across the country. And uh, but but, you know, Ray, this level of success is achieved when you have the ethos that, that we have as a business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I can tell you working for Luke, man, it is uh, we we provide a damn good service. Yep. Uh, you know, we are attentive to our members. We are ahead of the curve in terms of uh, when we think about programming or forecasting needs. We're we're uh, you know, we're we're working for uh, personal needs that some of our members have particular charities and things. We've done some some charitable events. It's just the level of work that uh, when you multiply this across 100 gyms, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, I'm going to get worked up here, Ray. You know, I tend to be uh, I tend to, to, to get that way sometimes. So I might get fired up. You know, have to tell me to calm down. Well, your, uh, your pits aren't showing in the frame. So the sweat, you know, <laughs> if you're like me and you get fired up during conversation, you start sweating profusely. Um, it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. Uh, Luke's a stud, you know, we have, so here's, here's the thing. You have the system for strength training, tried and proven over decades. There's nothing better. You yeah, have man. the system for business. Not tried and proven over decades. We've been at it for about four years now. And, you know, my my business experience and the rest of the leadership team makes it so that we avoid a bunch of mistakes and do things right out of the gate. Because a lot of the business principles apply to whatever business that you're in, right? So you've got those two things. Beyond that, it just comes down to people, doesn't it? Um, how good That's are the people? Right. How much do they care? And how willing are they to comply and align with the templates that have been laid out and then use their experience to adjust and maneuver for the business needs or for the member needs or for both 
um, as needed based on their level of experience and the support from the franchise team and the other franchise owners. That's what it comes down to. And Luke's a master and his team kicks ass. So it's no surprise. Phenomenal. Uh, You know, and we talk a lot here about team building, about putting the right people in the right places to offer the best service. And, uh, and, you know, we continue to work on that, um, you know, daily here. Um, and I, I'm just absolutely uh, thrilled at the things that have been accomplished here in Cincinnati. You know, at this at the, the ground roots level, Ray, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, and you know this, uh, you know, all of our coaches know this, but we are, man, we're changing lives. We are we're giving people their their grandfathers back, their grandmothers back. We're 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 helping grandfathers get on the floor and play with. You know, it's it. you can't you just can't appreciate it until you get inside of, inside of one of our gyms and you see these folks where they are and where they end up. It yeah. is phenomenal. And that's why I'm doing the case studies. That's why video content is the number one priority. That's why we've hired a cinematographer on retainer. Um, we're sending him around the country to, to capture all these stories because we can sit here and talk about it all day, but we're biased, right? This is our business. If people come train with us, we benefit from that. So there's a conflict there. Um, so we just tell stories directly from the mouths of the members. And in most cases, these are people that have no interest in being online and getting attention from strangers. But I've heard this on multiple occasions when I've done interviews with these people where they say, the reason that I'm talking to you now is because I think this is so important that I want to help spread the message. So they're getting out of their comfort zone to, to just share the story of how this helped them so much. And if you guys are watching this or listening to this and have some spare time, just, uh, Go to the YouTube channel and check out um, Starting Strength Stories, uh, the Starting Strength Gyms playlist on our YouTube channel. Um, and there's just nothing but stories of, of uh, you know, let's say Kathleen from Denver, who, um, you know, before Starting Strength fell three times in one year and then hadn't fallen since she started Starting Strength and got choked up during the interview and told me that before Starting Strength, she, she felt like each step might be her last and she was always anxious about that. And now she can walk with her head held high and not worried about tripping, falling, and potentially that being game over for her. Um, People reversing type 2 diabetes, um, using the program to recover from COVID, um, to become more resilient in case something like COVID hits them in the first place. Um, You know, fixing years of back pain, fixing years of knee pain, making it so that shoulder surgery isn't necessary anymore. Um, And then you have just the, uh, (laughs) you know, what's funny is like, those are all the extreme amazing stories. But then you have just the normal stories, guys like you and me. I mean, I know you were uh, much smaller than you are now. I'm up. I'm up 80 pounds. <clears throat> I've been cruising yeah. around 250 pounds lately. Um, and I was 168 as an adult at my lightest. And uh, that's, I mean. So what, did Rip, what did Rip call you? What did Rip tiny, call you? Tiny insect of a human. <laughs> he has a way of summarizing <laughs> things very succinctly. Eloquently. <laughs> Eloquently, man. <laughs> um, but I mean, just that on its own. Just like, okay, hey, hey, skinny guys or or guys that are not muscular. We have a solution for you to become big and strong. It's funny that that that. Um, amazing, valuable thing is like number two or three or four on our list of, of demographics that we help the most. Um, what's your story, by the way? You, how, what did you weigh before you started this program? You're what, a 5'11", 5'10", 6 foot? <clears throat> yeah, 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 about 5'11". Yep. Um, you know, um, so Ray, I got into, uh, you know, I tend to be pretty obsessive about things. You know, I, that'd probably be an understatement. And for a number of years, I, I, I really was into jujitsu and and, uh, you know, so I'd gotten pretty thin at one point I was 170 something. Now I'm 270 something, you know, mm. um, and, and quite honestly, it was just, you know, I just felt weak. Uh, I just, and, you know, I was yeah. <laughs> no question about it. And, uh, uh, as I started training, man, as you know, um, my goodness, does starting strength ever work when you were talking, we were talking about, you know, there's so many stories that make, like you said, really compelling stories. When we think about, uh, some of the folks that come to us and are frail or sarcopenic, uh, those results are, are, are quite pronounced, you know, but I cannot, as I sit here, you know, I work with some 17 year old kids, you know, guys in their twenties, it, 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 it multiply that man. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So as I started with starting strength, you know, I just started to see strength gains like I'd never experienced yeah, I was 40 years old, Ray, and and stronger than I'd ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it didn't take me too long to get on board and say, holy moly, this is special. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I had read Starting Strength a number of years ago, uh, back in, you know, it's funny, it was probably first edition at the time. And uh, um, I, 
made an attempt at applying starting strength as I knew it. You know how difficult that can be without coaching, right? And we go back 10 years ago, co coaching was not, uh, there was not an abundance of, of coaching available for starting strength coach right. or for starting strength trainees. Here's the book. So I was luck. doing, yeah, I was kind of doing what I knew, but as uh, you know, as the internet progressed and uh, uh, more information became accessible, uh, I was able to reach out and get my hands on more information. And, and man, uh, here we are, you know, a number of uh, years later and, I'm stronger than I've ever been. I feel better than I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, what's interesting to me is that uh, your results and my results are would not <laughs> be seen as desirable on paper by by right. the general public. So, yeah, oh, no way, marketing man. message of like, hey. Ray gained 80 pounds and Adam gained a hundred. <laughs> you can die any second. Pop culture would be like, know. wait, sorry? Why Why is that desirable again? You know, um, but if they see, and you have to send me some before and after photos so I can throw those up on the screen yeah, uh, for the I people will. watching. Um, but, you know, when it comes to aesthetics, capability, um, just sports performance, uh, jujitsu, the... It, you can't describe it to people, you know, it, it, the best way to describe it is if you take a guy who's, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 170, and then you throw him into a jujitsu class, and then uh, everyone there's bigger than him, and you go, how did that feel? <laughs> yeah. And then the answer is going to be like, well, you know, I thought I was going to die. Um, I, th I was pretty sure I was about to meet my maker, the, the you know, the, the, um, my vision was starting to go black as this behemoth was crushing my chest and side control. And then I was absolutely stuck and couldn't get my defenses back. And I was like, well, if you were a little bit bigger and stronger, that might have been easier to get out of even as a white belt. Because um, yeah. I'll tell you, man, so, so at, you know two, at 250 as a, as a white belt, I can give, I can give uh, brown belts trouble. Not really knowing what yeah. the hell I'm doing, <laughs> which is not you, good, but it's a competition class. So we're all going hard, you know? You, you know, you know, Ray, <clears throat> um, so there's a there's there's quite a misconception out there. You know, I was interested in so so let's go back a little bit. Let me let me give you some background. I was working in when I started training jujitsu. I was working inside of a United States penitentiary, and uh, it was it's you know check, do some fact checks here. Uh, it was a United States penitentiary in Hazleton, West Virginia, near the Maryland border. It's it's uh, it was recently made the news. It's where Whitey Bulger was murdered. You read any of that story? I know the Bulger well, story. I think they did a movie on him. That's a great story. They did. Yeah. They did. So he lasted there about 10 hours. They 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 took him in there at night, and the next morning at 6 o'clock, three Italian mafia guys uh, came in and murdered him into his cell. Oh, it wasn't one uh, of these suicides. I hear that's been going along lately with uh, Epstein and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was So it's funny. I, you know, I work some in special housing, so I'm familiar, quite intimately familiar with how <laughs> those things work. So that's that's a that's a podcast for another day. Man, you know? <laughs> but so, you know, when I was working there, Ray, uh, um, I, I kind of know how people come to the, how they feel when they come to our gyms initially. I was working there and I realized quickly, I was like, holy shit, you know, I, I, I really need to learn some form of self-defense. Well, I didn't, I knew there were a number of styles of self-defense out there. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I didn't know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu any differently than I would have known Taekwondo mm. or any other martial art, right? Mm. Um, so I just kind of stumbled upon a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school and never forget, I, I kind of walked down and looked in the windows, look at what was going on. I'm like, oh, man, shit, I'm not going in there. So I, I turn around and leave. So after about the third time of looking in the windows, I finally saw where, the, you know, I got up the nerve to go in the door. So I went in the door and for the next seven and a half or eight years, you know, I was training jujitsu all the time, right? Had a blast doing it. And, but I went to, I started Brazilian jujitsu out of necessity. Um, very much like you though, uh, I found that as I got stronger, you know, as a, as a 270 pound, you know, quite strong purple belt, you know, you can give, a, so being big and strong is a form of self-defense. Oh yeah. Uh, you, from a, from a couple of perspectives, one, if you're a big, strong man, you know, most of the people, most of the time, someone who has ill intent targets someone that they believe that they can overcome without a whole lot of static. Right. You know what's interesting, Adam, as soon as I hit 240 pounds, no one's ever bothered me in public. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That was not my experience growing up. I was always the guy with the target on his back, the tall, skinny guy. Yeah, Everyone yeah. always and wants to prove they... a point to the tall, skinny guy. No one ever bothers no, me anymore. What do you know? 
So the crazy guy on the subway, uh, you, you know, in New York, he's not looking for you, man. You know, and if you're on the car, there's a chance that everybody around you is probably better off because if you're on the subway car, uh, you know, uh, he's probably going to wait till you you hit your next stop down at Penn Station or wherever and go on about his business. Um, there's you know, nothing, so being big, there's nothing cheesier than talking about uh, the alpha male shit on the internet. But um, what is the what is the definition of an alpha? It's the it's the keeper of the peace. So if you're that That's big right. presence on the subway and that guy's like, eh, I maybe won't try my luck. That's a good thing for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so so I don't I don't know, Ray. We could get into another discussion about that, but societally, I, I think you know we're probably missing uh, big strong men. You know, and and I think I think there's a, a certainly a discussion there to be had. You know, we often talk about the idea of toxic masculinity, but I want you to think about the couple that are lying in bed and there's a noise downstairs in the middle of the night. Well, what does someone say if the husband rolls over and he tells his wife, he says, honey, there's a noise downstairs. Get up, go check that out. Right. Well, you know, where's so, so, uh, you know, I'm not sure that uh, maybe that we are kind of the catalyst for kind of bringing back this idea that men no longer need to be skinny. Men, men no longer need to shave off all their body hair or, uh, you, you know, you know, we, it's okay to be masculine and be, uh, you know, uh, the idea, uh, that a male doesn't have to be this, uh, uh this feminine, uh, uh, you know, being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I totally agree. I think it is missing from society to everybody's detriment because you need strong men, you need strong fathers, you need strong leaders. Um, you need the risk takers. This is the role of the male in society. Um, Rip's got a good article on this called the, the modern male Something like the modern male in society, I think is what it's called. That's about the yeah, It's a series brain. of articles, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've read it. <laughs> um, but I was just talking to my, uh, my surgeon here in Idaho yesterday, cause I'm a year post-op. So everything's fused up next doing well. Um, Good, which man. I know Good. guys like you are always worried about cause in jujitsu it's, it could be me. It could be you. Right. Um, so I was talking to my surgeon and telling her, I was basically just trying to ask her, okay, so this plate and screws behind my throat here. How, how, uh, how risky is that? Um, if I get strangled, am I going to scratch a hole in my esophagus? So I'm trying to understand sure. the, the pros and cons. And she goes, you know, I just put my son in jujitsu and it's great. He's so much more disciplined and this and that. And the thing that I told her and her reaction um, to me telling her this is the reason why I'm bringing it up now, because I don't think it's thought about or talked about much. And I said, look, if you think about it, up until the last hundred years, the idea of a person, let alone a male, having no idea how to defend himself would be considered insane. You can't, I mean, the, the, the world is physical and violent, and um, we happen to be in a situation technologically and societally where you can get away with hanging out in your pajamas all, bit, all day and, and chilling in your basement and never doing hard and never doing anything physical. But is that ideal? Um, I said, I, I can tell you for, for young men, um, at least the way I felt growing up, we need some kind of an aggressive outlet because that killer is still in there. You know, men, men are designed to, to hunt. Sure. And you to, know, uh, and so fight, I have this, and, and um, I have this, know, if you don't let this them, discussion. if you don't let them, if you don't let them point that somewhere in a positive way, um, internally things won't be as calm and then it might leak out in parts of life where you don't want it leaking out. And she's like, huh, I never thought of it that way. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up this topic. I think, I think getting big and strong is important. Um, getting strong is important if you're, if you're a woman. Um, and learning some form of self-defense is crucial. Just so you can use your strength. You can get a sweat in. It's good for you. You can let out the aggression. And then worse come to worse, if something goes down, you're at least not totally helpless. Because that's one thing we learn on the mat, isn't it? The new white belt comes in, doesn't matter if he was a former football player, Navy SEAL, whatever. He comes into jiu-jitsu, and he's getting tied in knots by the 150-pound blue belt 17-year-old kid, you know? Um, so Luke told me you were taking him. Uh, I, I don't remember. He and I, I think we were on the phone, and he said, so I'm going to a jiu-jitsu class with Ray tonight. What advice can you give me? <laughs> I said, well, have chill. you already made up your mind? Just have chill. You already... <laughs> no, I said, so, so Luke, so here's a general rule that you'll want to follow. Just never let anybody put their hand in your collar for any reason, right? So just, just follow that piece of advice and that'll serve you well. If there's one thing I can tell you, nothing good will come of it. That's good advice. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, but, uh, you, you know, I tell folks in the gym that frequently, uh, especially after they've been there training for a little while and, 
Um, you know, I, I use the word, I don't use the word aggression oftentimes, but I say intent, have intention, show me intention, right? When you get to rep four and it gets grindy, show me some intention that mm. you intend to finish rep five, that when you take rep five into the hole, you intend to drive your ass up out of the hole and finish your squat. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, so intention, purposefulness, uh, you know, those are words that we like to use. And it's just funny, Ray, and you, and, and you can't, you can't look over the parallels, how those things are also what we must do to accomplish goals, right? Mm -hmm. To get, you have to have intent and purpose and direction and you can't, you can't be one foot in one foot out. Yeah. You know, if you're man, you, you have to decide where you're going and, and, and get there. Right. Yep. yep. Same thing is true with a heavy squat, man. You nailed it. The, uh, the, the, I guess the meta theme of strength training, have a plan, so first of all, actually have a goal, right? Have a plan and then work daily to fulfill that plan explicitly is how I built this company. Yeah. Um, it's how I was successful in my corporate career. It's how I built my prior company. It's how I became 250 pounds. Um, it's how I became good at Muay Thai. It's how I'm slowly becoming good at Jiu Jitsu. Um, to me, this is the, the thing that sets our gyms apart from other gyms because um, there's not a, there's not a non-arrogant, non-shitty way of, of saying this, unfortunately, but it is how I feel. Um, the general public, especially from what I've seen over the last couple of years, um, are not necessarily a group of people I want to expose myself to. Um, yeah, I want, very true. I want, to, I want to spend my time with thoughtful, intentional people <laughs> that have their shit together, that think for themselves, that work hard, that know how to plan, that know how to attain goals. And these are the people that that are, you know, 1100 plus people in our gyms. And by the way, your your Atlanta uh, franchise is no, we're now up to 36. I forgot to mention that. Earlier. Man, so love it, man, love it. Um, but that's the that's the differentiator, right? Uh, so when I when I travel the country, and I meet these people at these gyms, there's light behind the eyes, there's thoughtfulness, there's a uh, there's gratitude, um, there's intentionality, there's, uh, there's hard work, there's determination, there's, um, it's just a beautiful thing. And, and you know, as well as I do, cause you get, you're in the gym more than I am. By the way, I just started coaching at Boise once a week for friends and family. Cause I missed it so much, but, um, good man. Yeah. It feels good to be on the platform, doesn't it? And you know, if it, it feels good to have an, um, you know, it's almost selfish to say, Ray, but you like having a stake in these successes, right? A lot of times with my trainees, I will say, and I often will correct myself. I'll say, so last week, I think we did 360 for triples. And then, and then I correct myself and say, well, hold on, really, you did them. But, you know, as a coach, you're that invested mm, with them, right? Yeah. And and to have a stake in those successes, uh, I'm going to tell you, anybody listening to this podcast that wants to to, to think about really finding a career where where you feel as though you know where you can see it right I, you can see the difference that you're making becoming a starting strength coach man is one of the most rewarding things that you can do in this world uh you know to take people from uh you know from being frail and sarcopenic and giving them you know helping them attain confidence and challenging them right they come into the gym and i'm not only challenging them physically i'm challenging them mentally and emotionally sometimes mm -hmm. and you know when somebody finishes three squats and you know they've still got two more to do you know i'm don't you dare quit on me don't you dare quit on me mm -hmm. you know and then they finish that set of five and they rack it and you can see the light bulb turn on man yeah. you can see that th that they maybe you know we often talk about let me give credit where credit is due i think it's uh uh darren deaton who's who, who said this who i first heard talk about this idea and that is being exertion sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. When you first come to our gym, you may not possess the capacity, the, the real capacity to dig down really deep on set on rep three and still scratch out two more reps. But after you've trained with us for a little bit of time, you develop a, more capacity to be able to really fight where it counts. And I have to imagine that those things are also true. God forbid if an illness befalls you. Uh, that that you have this inner ability to to step up and fight, or God forbid you're attacked on a subway. Mm. You know, maybe you don't know jujitsu or Muay Thai or uh, you know a martial art, but you have to have this fighter's heart. 
And, you know, uh, we're not born with that, Ray. We're taught. We're taught how to live in turmoil and and discomfort and unrest. Mm. And, uh, you, you know, and unless you're unless you know what training in our gyms are like and you're doing a, uh, and you've experienced it, I certainly have experienced it. Sometimes you will start to to negotiate with yourself. Mm. Well, maybe I should just do a set of three today. Mm-hmm. And maybe these two, I'll leave them in the tank. You know, maybe next time I come back, I'll do a set of five. Time for a program you know, change. Today's going to be a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it, without a coach, but your coach is able to see this thing objectionally, right? Your, your, your coach can say, no, the bar speed's good. Let's hang in it. The back looks good. Let's hang in it. Set that back pull, mm. you know, um, versus – you know, you know, our coaches sometimes are forced to, to training with, we don't always have the luxury of, of having another coach in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, because we're trying to get our training in when, uh, you know, downtimes in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, and coaches have lives too, right? They have doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and all of those things. So we, we all will tend to negotiate with ourselves a little bit, but now you come to starting string Cincinnati, I'm telling you right now, uh, you know, we're going to challenge you. We're going to put you under the bar, certainly with, with, uh, with good intent and uh, and that of a, a, a prudent decision making, mm-hmm. you know. But when you step up and you, and you should do a set of five, and you've shown us that last week you did a set of five just fine, and the bar speed's good, and the and you look good as you as, as you continue to man, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna challenge you. We're gonna yep. tell you we're we're gonna we're gonna walk with you, man. And and you know to see these people but able to grit really grit out a hard set of five, it's a damn cool thing. Absolutely right. And uh, for those of you that are listening to this that are thinking about becoming a coach at one of our gyms, Adam, thanks for the endorsement. We didn't even have to pay him for that. Um, yeah, man, no but, way. But I can tell you I can tell you guys that the reason why Adam is so successful is because of how invested he is in his members. That's all there is to it. There's no tricks in this business. The incentives are aligned so that the coach in the gym simply needs to care as much as possible about the members and do his very best to get members stronger. Um, and it's as simple as that. If you can do that and provide an excellent experience, uh, everything else is kind of secondary. That's the, the whole reason why we're here. That's, um, you know, the, the member is there to learn the things that Adam has learned over the years and to listen to Adam and to watch Adam um, and to have Adam guide them through the process of, of learning these lifts firstly and then performing these lifts in a systematized way in line with a program that's designed exactly for their specific needs. Um, so it's, it's not that complicated, but, uh, but you definitely have to care. And I think that's the ultimate gut check. If you're thinking about getting into this, it's like, what is my motivation? Do I, do I truly care about people enough to where I'm going to get fired up about helping them every day I go to work? Cause if not, I, I don't think this is the right the right fit. I think what's your take on it, Adam? That's, that's my take on the X factor for a coach. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I talk about, uh, to, to our coaches and apprentices, you need a servant's heart, right? You, you, you need to be, you, you need to want to serve other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I often talk about when people come in our door, you know, I like to say they're the people we serve, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're not, we're, we're, we're not just their coach or we don't just help them. We serve them. Yep. And, uh, um, you know, we have, uh, we have acquired a very specific skill set uh, and knowledge, and we're able to use this. Uh, you know, as I think I said when we first started talking, you know, we're able to use this to 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 make people better husbands and wives and sisters and brothers and mm-hmm. uh, on every level. So I agree with you 100 percent, Ray. Um, you know, you must have a servant's heart to to be a to be a good coach. You 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 absolutely need to have a servant's heart. Hell yeah! <clears throat> Speaking of the servant's heart. What else were you doing prior to starting strength other than uh, working out of jail? Because you you have been in social work up until you started to become a coach. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, You you know, so probably, you know, I would have to absolutely say the the blessing of my life has been working. uh, I work for a company, uh, plug them here, Grace Works Enhanced Living. Uh, So I managed a, a large residential care facility. Uh, all the guys that live there has have a developmental disability. Uh, coincidentally enough, two of them train three days a week at Starting Strength Cincinnati. Yeah. Hey, hang on to your hat for those stories, right? <laughs> now you 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 talk about getting pumped up here. I, I'll be I'll be excited. I'll come out of my chair, right? Um, <clears throat> these, you you know, uh, yeah. So so the that is a population, Ray, that has been overlooked and underserved uh, for decades. 
And uh, uh, by serving that population, uh, man, it is it has been the absolute um, greatest uh, greatest part of my life. Certainly, you know, other than the birth of your children and things like that, but uh, mm-hmm. but just phenomenal. So I've done that for a number of years in the in the Cincinnati area now. Um, you know, starting strength came to me as you know a good career path. There was doing very well. It's a wonderful company, um, but uh, you know, I kind of just stumbled upon starting strength Cincinnati and, and how the details of this thing worked out. You know, if you ever think about somewhere you're meant to be. So I was already training well through my NLP. And uh, um, I actually looked in prior to Luke doing that. I, I took a look at our, our website at starting strength and, uh, you know, interest in the gym in your city. And um, it was, would, would have been really been interested in owning a, a gym in, in Cincinnati, but the timing just wasn't right for me. I wasn't there yet. And um, so, so I, I kind of passed on it at that moment and uh, some time went by, I was continuing to train. Listen, I was just looking to apprentice at, at Cincinnati, right? I would have been, I told Luke in our first discussion, I said, so either way it goes, you're going to get me right. Either I'm going to be training there. I'm going to apprentice there. Like we're going to be together anyway, you know? So it was kind of a, a forced marriage on my part. Maybe <laughs> a little bit, Luke would tell you. Take what you want, man. <clears throat> so then they announce, you guys announced starting strength Cincinnati. Well, holy shit, starting strength Cincinnati's Coming, coming to the city. Well, where is it? You know, because Cincinnati is a relatively large place. Hmm. Uh, and then lo and behold, it's coming to the town where I live, right? Outside of Cincinnati. <clears throat> well, then we dial this thing down even more. And it was coming five minutes from where I lived. You're on the so north end, I was, you? Yeah, yeah. North end of Cincinnati, uh, Westchester area. Hmm. Um, super happening place. Tylersville Road. It's, it's It really is in a great location right off of I-75. So um, when, when Lena a couple, of course, for listeners that may not know who she is, she was a head of recruiting at the time, uh, still is, starting strength. Yep. And uh, I'd spoken with Ina, and she said, well, I'm going to link you and Luke, who, who now owns courses you mentioned earlier, starting strength Cincinnati. So Luke said, well, hey, you know, I actually have a level two position open. So a level two position um, for for those folks that may not be familiar with the construction uh, uh, and how our gyms operate, a level two coach is someone that is past muster or is approved by a starting strength coach and ready for the platform who just may not have been able to take the platform yet for whatever reason. So I was already working with uh, Mia Inman, a well-known mentor out of Ohio here, man, listen, if had it not been for Mia Inman, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I'd been sitting here uh, talking to you today. You know, uh, Mia was instrumental in my success. Let me interrupt your train of thought briefly, just to echo your, your sentiment about Mia. Mia, if you're watching, thank you. You've been so tremendously helpful and selfless to all the people in Ohio and the surrounding areas. You've helped so many coaches develop and it just seems like you do it because you love it and you want to be helpful. And I can tell you everyone I talk to is just super appreciative of you. So, um, What's Mia's gym's name and what's what's the city uh, so we can plug her in case anyone's in town? Yeah, so she's in Yellow Springs, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what she, what she you know, she does have a, a name for a gym. I'm not sure what it is. And body We'll have Brady throw it up maybe. on the screen and put it in the show notes. But Mia is a hell of a contributor and we appreciate her. So if you're Amazing. ever in town, go see Mia. Yeah. You, you know, um, so, so Mia was just so uh, instrumental in my success, Ray. And so when the gym opened, you know, I was, I was platform ready. You know, I'd been working with Mia. I'd been through the prep course and uh, it was probably three quarters of the way through the prep course at the time. Mia was my, my mentor through the prep course and uh, uh, gym opens up and, and, you know, not long thereafter, I passed the platform, uh, earned my credential which is a damn big deal for our coaches. Uh, the starting strength credential is one that is not, uh, it's highly sought after. It's not easy to get. It took me probably 18 months. Um, you, you know, so I, I felt, uh, I felt very accomplished after uh, attaining my starting strength credential. And so I, I continued coaching and, uh, and then our head coach at the time, uh, Marie Worsham, uh, Marie was expecting, uh, another little one. Uh, she just had her little one in October. I understand. I haven't gotten to talk to her, but a uh, wonderful, healthy little one. And she decided that she was going to, she was going to stay home, homeschool the kids. And I'm sure she's still, I know she's a, a mentor in the prep course and I'm sure she has a number of online clients as well. Uh, so that opened up, uh, that opened up a head coach's spot right here in Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, Luke had faith and confidence in me and, uh, 
uh, I took that position over back in, in early summer. And man, here we sit today looking at owning a gym in the next uh, next year, uh, probably sooner. So, uh, man, it, you know, just again, I said, pinch me. I, just, I can't I can't believe it. Yeah, you're three months into the role, and you're like, man, you know, I've been doing this a while. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> what What's next? What's next? What, what is the plan, so, by the way? When do you plan on moving down to Atlanta? Yeah, so probably uh, I'm guessing that, we, you know, when we look at – I can only look at some of our other gyms and those timelines and how those have kind of uh, kind of unfolded probably in the summer, maybe spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once we, uh, we've got a lead on some, some real estate down there, we think that looks promising. The market looks promising, mm-hmm. uh, uh, about all that, all that we can gather. So speaking to some realtors and, and brokers down there. So, so, you know, we're really hopeful that kind of in short order, we can get those doors open and get people in, uh, in Atlanta strong, man. Man, have you checked with us? Do you know how many people are on that, uh, early interest list? I'll bet you it's, uh, 500 plus. Yeah, I, I don't know the number. Jen and I spoke about it. It was a, a number of people mm-hmm. have inquired out of out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen and I had spoken about that uh, back in September at our conference. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, the numbers look great, it, but but we know they do. Right. You know, we know that there's a number. Listen, the the work, and I have told Rip and Steph uh, both this personally. You know, I've thanked both of them for the gift that they, they gave to me personally through starting strength. Cause yeah. it's just made my life better, man. Yeah. And you know, on top of me personally, the dozens and dozens and dozens of people that may not ever get to sit down across from Rip and Steph and say, thank you. Uh, because man, what they have given here is, is literally in some cases it's, it's given people's damn life back. How did that go? By the way, anytime I, I try to sit down and give a heartfelt thanks to Rip, he always uh, fucks with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as heartfelt as you can talk about anything with right. Rip. So you do know, you know, I'm not much of a bourbon drinker. <clears throat> so I was, I was, aren't I was you from Kentucky? Or was it no, I'm from West Virginia, okay, right. man. I screwed not that Kentucky. Up. Yeah, you screwed that. <laughs> That's a fatal mistake. <laughs> That's like calling an Aussie a New Zealander. Yeah, man. That's right. So, so yeah, you know, um, so I've made the mistake in front of Rip. As, uh, he said, we get you, get a, get a glass of bourbon here. And I said, well, he said, well, you know, this talking about this bourbon, that bourbon. I said, oh, Rip, all bourbon's the same, man. It doesn't make it all taste the same. Rip said, you don't know what you're talking about. So he he goes into this. He, he I would say that it was the it was the best possible lecture that I could have gotten on the on distilling, you know, the, the, the level of information this guy has on such a number of topics. Yeah. I'm not talking about I'm talking about those things at a granular level. Yeah, you know, really detailed. Really so, so that when I, so I began drinking bourbon, I had never had scotch before. So then I had to, to drink some scotch and understand that how the two distilling processes were distinctly different. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So, so with rip, you know, as, as just dismissive, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, I think, Steph, I think, I think Steph said, thank you for yeah. such kind words, but yeah. rip, yeah, rip, you know, he, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't often take, uh, you know, compliments and heartfelt discussions. Yeah, so Steph, well. Steph will humor you while you make the the compliment, but then Rip will dismiss you and fuck with you. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's absolutely that's absolutely true. Yeah. So hey, so tell me, what's it like working with Luke? Because um, I mentioned earlier in the episode, for those that don't know, so uh, Luke was uh, was appointed president of the franchise company. I did a presentation at the conference uh, this past September and announced him, and that presentation is online on the YouTube channel is called Ray's presentation from the gyms conference from 2022 or something like that. Um, in any case, so Luke is now the president of the company. Uh, Luke is a talented guy. Just, uh, you know, I'm a critical person. My job essentially at this stage, now that we've done all the strategizing and testing, my job essentially is, uh, is talent scout. So I've got to find people that are great. I've got to figure out what makes them great. And then I've got to figure out where to point their energy to help them become successful and then help us become successful as a side effect. Um, Luke, I remember he and I were sitting in a hot tub at the very first um, owner's retreat. There's probably 10 or 15 of us in this giant hot tub hanging out. And this is like the moment where, you know, we all realize this thing's real, right? Look at all these owners hanging out in Austin. We're at this cool ranch having a good time. And so I'm always thinking about the succession plan for me because, you know, 
anything could happen. Anything could happen. So it'd be a shame if this company depended on one person. This company is much bigger than one person. And I know from my previous career in corporate that the succession plan is crucial. So Luke and I are hanging out and uh, everyone's drinking, having a good time. And um, Luke and I are sitting there talking about operations. And um, it, we're, and I'm looking at his face to see if he's enjoying the conversation. I'm like, this is my kind of guy. <laughs> we're at a party talking about operations and both enjoying it. Um, and then I learned about Luke's background and he's just... Uh, He's operationally sound. And then I'm like, all right, let's 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 keep an eye on this guy. And, and during his gym opening process, he's the only franchisee ever to send us a weekly project plan in Excel that's color-coded with updates about how the, how the plan is going. He was on top of it. And so the yeah. thing I love about Luke is he's so experienced that nothing, nothing phases him. You know, a lot of things that would stress people out, like, for example, um, Jen's taking a break from the company. And so as president, it's Luke's job to figure out how to how to fill in for her. Um, and he's just taken on most of the work himself, and he's hired some resources. And no drama. I've dealt with with key people even in the past. I can, I can sort this out now. So experience, uh, ability to implement, ability to execute, um, belief in the system, um, clear track record with what he's done with Cincinnati, um, clear track record with how he selected people, including yourself at Cincinnati. Um, and just, just a fun guy has a good attitude, likes to have a good time. Um, uh, yeah. What's tell me, that's my impression of him. Let's hear some bad stuff about him. What's the worst thing about Luke? Oh my goodness. You know, so I'm going to tell you something, Luke, you talk about an attention to detail. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you right now, it's next level yeah. attention to detail. Yeah. And I don't care what that is, right? I don't care if that's a speck in the floor I, or it's it's a typo. Attention to detail is on point. Yep. So, uh, you know, we need, you, you know, Ray, uh, folks in our, uh, in our, our company, it, it, starting strength gyms, we're going to, we learn very quickly that this mentorship, man, that that's important here. You know, we need mentors and that's taught to us very early on when we start to, to, to seek out our coaching credential. I'm going to answer your question. I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start to seek out our, our coaching credential A mentor is going to be vital for that. And they're pulling us along, kind of showing us they're leading the way, right? They're, they're, they're showing us how we need to get so for me, especially as I transition uh, from, as I transition from, uh, you know, a staff coach to a head coach, the mentorship that I have received from Luke, I, I talk about Mia, but I'll, you know, I'll be eternally grateful for. Um, and as I prepare for this, this, uh, uh, this next jump of mine into ownership, uh, I told Luke early on, I said, man, you know, I'm, I'm definitely planning on, on you kind of continuing to mold me and get me where I need to go. Um, and whatever skills that I currently lack, uh, man, I, 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 I'm not shy about finding a mentor and hanging on to them, man, grabbing a coattail and going along for the ride. And, and Luke has, Luke has, has done that for me, uh, and supported me every step of the way, uh, you know, and again, yeah, I'm, you and I certainly would not be sitting here having this conversation now that I not met Luke Schroeder. So uh, <clears throat> wherever we're going, we're still young. But in 10 years, I look forward to coming back here and, and, and talking about this. I just can't say enough positive about Luke. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be successful in anything he does yep. because he, you know, he, he's going to put the sweat equity in. He's going to stay up when he needs to stay up at night working. He's going to get up early when he needs to get up. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're quite successful in Cincinnati. We're proud of that, yep. but it hasn't happened by accident, right? right? Luke has been a hell of a leader and, uh, and, and man, we, 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 we've gotten here on purpose. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Luke is top notch, my friend. Top I think notch. he's the guy, I think he's the guy that's going to take this thing to the next level. We're at a major inflection point as a company right now. We have so much momentum behind us. Um, and really, oh, I got to, go ha, have you heard this? Yeah. You talked about a Luke story. Have you heard, you've probably already heard this story. So, so he picked us up at the airport back in September to come to the conference. <clears throat> so I'm just kind of laid back. Luke's driving. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think his rental was a Lexus or something. Just if you know Luke, right. So that was not on purpose, right. I think he probably had like a Ford escape or something and they, they upgraded it. You know? <laughs> so whatever, what is the road you come in from Dallas to Wichita falls? Oh, that's escaping me at the moment. I've driven that highway a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, I know you've been down there yeah. many. Well, I wasn't driving. <laughs> I didn't pay any attention. So, um, 
so we're cruising down the road and I, I don't know whatever the speed limit is. It's a little higher than, than normal, right? In mm-hmm. Ohio, it's like 70. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was 75 or something. I don't know. So as we're, we're in the left lane rolling on and I, you know, I just kind of glanced, <laughs> glanced over and I told Luke, I said, uh, Hey man, so you're passing a highway patrol, Texas highway patrol here. <laughs> so Luke not wanting to let on that he's speeding, I guess, immediately gets over the right-hand lane and starts slowing down. So now the, the state trooper has to break. So I hear Luke say, yep, we're getting pulled over. We're getting pulled over. So <laughs> the blue lights come on. And uh, uh, so we're sitting there. The trooper walks up to the, to the vehicle. And so immediately I said, uh, I'm always willing to negotiate. You know, I said, anything we can do to get a warning today? <laughs> so Damn. Luke kind of looks. Yeah, Luke kind of looks at me and laughs, and and uh, he said, "Yeah, yeah, you weren't you weren't really going that fast." He said, uh, "I'm happy to give you a warning today." And he said, "Where are y'all headed?" And we told him. We said, "Starting strength." He said, "Oh, Ripito's place down there." Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, he was familiar with Rip, and he went on to tell us a story about some young man that uh, that he knew that had been working uh, uh, working. Well, wasn't with Rip, I'm sure. Probably Rusty or one of the, one of those folks work out of, uh, uh, work out of Rip's gym. Uh, he said, man, this kid, unbelievable. He's gotten unbelievably stronger, bigger, you know, all the things that we know happens. But, mm-hmm. uh, so, so yeah, he, uh, he wrote us a warning and sent us on, on our way. But, uh, yeah, I looked over, man. And, and by that time I said, told Luke, I said, what was I going to say? You know, <laughs> slow down now, hit the brakes, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I got a kick out of that. I appreciated that little event. The number of, uh, people that, know about starting strength now is pretty dumbfounding really because i've seen this grow over the years because i started this program i think 10 years ago at this point um i became a coach about five years ago and uh it's it's at the point now where on a weekly basis as i mentioned there's the the two people that saw the the houston sign that are unaffiliated with starting strength those are just two examples just just this last week this past friday i spoke to a lawyer um, in Texas who said, so are you guys the starting strength? When I saw your name come through my inbox, I was wondering if you guys are like, like the blue book. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's us. He's like, oh really? I've read the book and helped me fix my knees. And it's a great program. And (laughs) it's just, you know, all walks of life, all parts of the country, all parts of the world. Um, the most random situations pop up and you, you bump into somebody who is familiar with the program and more, more often than not has done the program and it's benefited them quite a bit. So listen, you talk about strange. I told this to Rip. Uh, so so I had ridden my. I have a BMW motorcycle, and and uh, I, huh? Which one? I have the R twelve hundred now. Cool. Uh, I had a GSA previously. I love those BMW motorcycles, mm-hmm. and I had ridden into West Virginia, and I was up at. I want you to listen to this story. I was up at Snowshoe Mountain. Uh, which is in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia, in the summertime, no less, it was in July. And I'd sat down at a little restaurant there to eat lunch. Well, I had a Starting Strength Cincinnati shirt on. And uh, so I was sitting there eating lunch, and a guy looks over at me, and he said, uh, so are, are you a Starting Strength coach? I said, yeah, yeah, I, I am. And he said, me too. And I said, now, hold on a minute. <laughs> so, you know, we're such a, we're such a tight knit community, Ray. Like if you're a starting strength coach and we don't know each other, some of them might be fishy, but so this, so he goes on talking and uh, he was Rip's first attorney when, uh, after Rip wrote the book, oh, right? Okay. So I can't remember his name now, but when I asked Rip about him, Rip immediately remembered his name. Was it Brody? He lives Butland? in Mar- What's his name? Brody Butland. Brody. I, I don't know. I don't know now if that okay, if that's right. it or not. Yeah. Pretty quickly, I remembered his name at the time. Rip confirmed that it was that he and his wife were both starting strength coach. He lives in Maryland. Huh. Okay. And uh, they bought a house during during COVID, I guess, at at Snowshoe. Their son is big into mountain biking. But yeah, you, you, you know, the strangest thing. Uh, and so we sat and had lunch together like we'd known each other for 20 years. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so uh, that was, that was, that was a pretty, pretty special hour, you know, but I very much enjoyed it. And, uh, you, you know, we, when we think about, we talk a lot about how starting certainly strength is what we do, mm. but wellness cannot only be thought about in terms of physical strength 
Ray. There's a number of other things that accompany that for someone to be well. Sure. Uh, mental health, uh, spiritual health, maybe. Um, and when we start thinking about our communities, man, we are we are assuring wellness from every angle. The relationships these folks are building inside of our gyms, Ray, are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's filling a big void for a lot of people. You know, you take a lot of our uh, perhaps older folks that live alone and maybe train in the noon session. Uh, you know, they, they depend on this for a lot of their social interaction mm -hmm. and we work darn hard under the bar, but I'm going to tell you something. We have a good time between sets as well oh, yeah. and a lot of good conversations. And uh, so, you know, the way that we're ensuring health and wellness does not begin and end in the discussion of physical strength. Mm -hmm. When we start thinking about starting strength gyms, you mm -hmm. agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, you cannot, you cannot separate the mind from the body. And it's that old, you know, mensano and corpore sano Latin quote, a sound mind and a sound body. They're inextricably connected. Um, yeah. And you cannot hope to have a sound mind in the absence of a sound body um, and, and vice versa. That's absolutely true. Uh, you know, so the, the, just the level, you know, you know, Ray, our ancestors were strong and we can be strong too. You just have to show up and, and do the work and uh you know the rest takes care of itself you know and and uh man it's just just absolutely a pleasure to do this work every single day life is good my friend we know life we know all good. about life don't we we know that uh, it ebbs and flows so let's recognize the fact that things are going great right now and uh enjoy the hell out of it as much as we can and hope the good times continue yeah, that's well said. So, so let me ask you a question, Ray. Now that I'm, let me let me turn let me turn it on you. Does anyone ever turn it on you on the podcast and ask you questions? I did one whole podcast with Ina. She asked me a bunch of questions. Other than that, no. So you'll be the first. And then this will be where we end. Yeah. So you know, I, I had someone just the other day uh, from from New York talking about starting strength and wondered if they would ever see us in New York. And mm. I said. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I said at, at some juncture, maybe. Uh, and, and I, I, I kind of mentioned this to Luke the other day. What do you think? Do you think we'll ever grow into that market? Or, it, you know, is it a climate that could uh, do you think that we could do business in at some juncture? I'm going to give you the unprofessional answer and then the professional answer. <laughs> <laughs> so the unprofessional answer is like, fuck, New York is a place where a bunch of people allowed their government to dictate every aspect of their lives, including how they breathe air, including what medications they take, including whether or not they're allowed to send their kid to school, including whether or not they're allowed to operate their business. So, so there's two problems there. The, the first problem is the government did that. <clears throat> Places where the government went hard like that, I'm really hesitant to do business because um, yes. just look at a place like California that's now proposing, or actually they've just passed a bill that makes it so that a franchisor is a co-employer with the franchisee, which defeats the entire purpose of having a franchise. So just, this is how states like this think. This is how local governments like this think. Um, so do I wanna be in a place where the government is that heavy handed and the people are so weak from the outside looking in, you know, so willing to just conform to mm -hmm. whatever's requested of them because the, the question that i have for these people is like well is the government always honest well no only an idiot would say yes i mean obviously no right um obviously does that does the government, the government always, ever honest does the that. government always work in the best interest of the people that it's trying to serve no okay so um when you followed 100 percent of the COVID recommendations without doing your own diligence. You just followed blindly. And then some of you were quite shitty to the people that didn't follow. When you did that, um, what, what were you thinking? Why would you trust an entity that you don't know? You don't know the people personally. You know that the entity is, is not only capable of lying, but lies all the time. You know that that entity's interests are not aligned with yours, and yet you believe them and just, just went all in on whatever they asked you to do. The same people from the war on drugs and the food pyramid, This is these are the people you're gonna listen to. So that's kind of like my unprofessional, personal um, point of view on the situation. It's like, man, it'd be tough to do business in a spot like that. And then my professional answer is um, I will only do a deal. And really, this is Luke's job now. So Luke, Luke will be able to make final decisions on this stuff. But mm -hmm. um, prior, when I was doing franchise sales myself, I will only do a deal 
Um, I will only sign a franchisee if if I put myself in that person's shoes, if I would also do the deal. So I got I to gotta put myself on both sides of the deal. And if I'm a hell yes on both sides of the deal, I'll sign it. But if I'm yeah. about to sign this deal, it's like, yeah, you know, we need more franchises. We need to grow this and that. But I'm like, man, if I were on his shoes, I wouldn't, I don't think I would do this. <laughs> then, then it's not getting done. And so um, at the moment, we are probably, I mean, we're, we're, we're certainly not doing deals in California for now. And you're going to see some franchises escape California. I've been talking to my franchise lawyer about this. And Rip had this instinct correct from the very beginning. At the, at the outset, I thought Rip was uh, being overly critical, being extreme. But he's been, been shitting on California Rip? ever since he and I met. <laughs> and then COVID happened. And I saw the way the California government behaved. And the LA, you know, LA shutting off people's water and power for breaking policies. Yeah. Holy shit. Shutting down the beach. You can't go outside to the beach. Uh, for a respiratory virus. And I'm like, my God. So so he was right. He was right about the nature of California. He saw it coming. I moved. Um, we're not, I mean, man, if we did a gym in Irvine, California, my hometown, um, it'd be it'd be full, if not by the, t- the time the doors open within a couple of months. Um, yeah. Uh, and we could probably do 20, th- I mean, it's a, a state of almost 40 million people. So to not do business there is is a huge opportunity cost for us. But at the same time, what is the risk of exposing ourselves to a government that doesn't respect a, a free market, that wants to interfere with everything that happens between you and me? Because you and I are capable of doing deals together. We can lay out terms. We can come to agreements. We can have lawyers help. And we can be transparent and, and come to a- We're a, doing that. We're yeah, doing that, in fact, right? Exactly right. In the, yeah. in the middle and of And we, we yeah. don't need- um, you know, a 30-year-old gender studies major that works for one of the bureaucracies having an opinion on the deal that we're making. We just don't. So that's California. New York actually isn't as bad as California in that sense. Um, if, if, a, if we get to a point where we can get through a couple of flu seasons without the government mandating a bunch of shit in places like New York and New Jersey, uh, we'll be open to doing a gym there potentially. Um, especially if it is a well-capitalized person who wants to do multiple gyms and understands the devil that they're dealing with. Because a lot of people that don't do business, a lot of people that have never worked with municipalities and with state governments, they don't understand what I'm talking about here. What I, you know, I joke that the government is organized crime. The government is organized crime. Um, There's not. Yeah. For, you know, you, you, you know, for years, the government uh, told us that the Hells Angels were the ones we had to uh, to watch out for. But I've yet to be victimized by the Hells Angels. Yeah. But the government just keeps getting me. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. It's wh- the Hells what do the Hells Angels, Angels do? Well, um, they shake you down for money, whether you want to give them money or not. Um, right. they, they sell drugs and they don't want anyone else competing with them on selling those drugs. Um, there's, they, they use violence and the threat of violence to get their way. There's a lot of, there's some real parallels. There's some parallels there, aren't there? They cannot be, cannot be overlooked. Hey, before you, before you close out, man, you know, I told you that I, uh, that I have, I told, uh, both Steph and, and, and Rip, you know, thank you. But, uh, same to you, Ray, sincerely, uh, you know, uh, man, thank you, uh, because we needed a place that we could all come together with like-minded people and and that promote self-reliance and independence and kind of taking matters into your own hands and doing hard work and blue-collar shit and coming out on the other side of this thing. Uh, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm just a benefactor of it, Ray. Starting Strength has been amazing to me every single step of the way. Uh, from, you, you know, from the time I stepped foot in a gym until I stepped foot in my own gym in, in Atlanta. So, uh, you, you know, man, thank you. Uh, because some damn special things are going on here. And there's a whole, there's a whole host of people, thousands of people out here that are benefiting because, because you had an idea. So, uh, uh, just sincerely heartfelt. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was pretty strange to see all the ingredients here, but no one, no one baking the cake. You know, no one, no one putting them together in a recipe. So I saw the opportunity, took a big risk, um, but I'm just the one that connected the dots. You know, the the real credit goes to the people that built Starting Strength and then the people that helped build this company. Um, so thank you for that. And as this company grows, the credit goes to people like you because you're the ones that are, uh, you know, you are the one on the ground every day making members' days, improving members' lives, and then helping us grow and build more coaches and open more gyms. So 
The feeling of gratitude is mutual. And man, when you can achieve that in business, when you're succeeding and people around you are succeeding and everyone's helping each other out and um, everyone's grown and happy, that's, that is the holy grail. So I'm glad to be here with you, man. Now, now there's, there is one thing to be said, a downside about coming to work for starting strength. Hmm. And uh, I don't know how you ever work anywhere else. Like, you know, where, where, where people, where people expect you to, to be on time and do what you say you'll do, uh, do a damn good job every single time, carry Mm -hmm. the ball and never drop it. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that expectation is going to, and, and, you know, the other thing here, uh, people just tell you where you stand, right? There, uh, there's just a super open line of communication after working for, for this company, Ray, how in the hell do you go to work anywhere else? Well, beyond that, there's no bureaucratic bullshit. There's no doing stuff because like, well, that's the policy or that's the way it's always right. been done. Um, there's no homework really, you know, there's uh there's no prep. There's uh you, you come to work and you're kind of a rock star. Everybody's there to see you. Everybody's hanging on your every word. You get to have awesome interactions with people that genuinely value your skill set, And then, and that's 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 just the the getting to the point of actually making them better and then you you get to see them transform in front of your eyes so when it comes to like day-to-day quality of life enjoyment at work um, and then just overall fulfillment in your job it's i've said this a million times do what you love um, with people you enjoy working with in a way that helps others and and you're happy and you're fulfilled and if you can do all that and make a good living you're right how how in the hell are you ever going to go and work some somewhere else? So I'm glad you're buying in and sign a 10 year deal because uh, now now we're getting married, buddy. <laughs> hey, listen, I and you know what? I couldn't be any happier, man. I'm I'm where I want to be. I'm not here to be. Uh, I, I chose it, and uh, and there's nothing I would rather do with the next 10 years of my life than to spend it a, around uh, uh, people like I get to see in our community every single day. Hell Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, that's a good spot to end. There you have it, guys. So that's Adam Martin, SSC. Are you on social media? Yeah, man. Uh, um, I'm on social media on on Instagram. So uh, it's Adam underscore Martin underscore SSC. Give me a follow. We'll keep you updated on what's going on uh, in Atlanta as well as Cincinnati here. And uh, hey, let's uh, let's keep making people strong and uh, just enjoying every step of the way, man. Hell yeah, man. One last question. Are you taking online clients at the moment? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have some online clients that are proud to accept some more. Uh, you know, um, we talk about ideal. Ideal is training in one of our gyms. If there's a gym near you, get in the door now. Don't waste any more time. Mm. And if there's not, get a starting strength coach online. Um, you know, no matter who that is, myself or someone else, uh, uh, get a starting strength coach now because uh, uh, your your training will the, the uptick in your training will be immediate. So since he- so cncy.ssgyms.com if you want to book Adam Martin as your online coach. Adam, man, I get fired up every time I talk to you. Thanks for the enthusiasm. Thanks for the energy and I appreciate your time today. I love it, Ray. Talk to you soon, brother. brother. See you, man. Thanks.